0: Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're OK. It's Wednesday, May the 26th, and the man who used to be the Prime Minister's top advisor has made some pretty startling claims today while giving evidence to a Kent MP. Greg Clark represents Tunbridge Wells, but also heads up the government's Science and Technology Committee. He's been quizzing Dominic Cummings about the response to the coronavirus pandemic and started by asking about the early stages before the first lockdown.
2: In February, the Prime Minister regarded this as um, just a, a scare story. He he, regarded, he d- described it as the new swine flu. Did you tell him it wasn't? S- certainly. Was Covid the, the most important matter uh, that you dealt with, from say, from January onwards? In no way, shape or form did the government... Um, act like in January, like it was the most important thing. It didn't act like it was the most important thing in February, never mind in January.
0: He also said the government failed when the public needed a response. The
2: view of various officials inside Number 10 was, if we have the Prime Minister chair in Cobra meetings and he just tells everyone, don't worry about it, I'm going to get Chris Whitty to inject me live on TV with coronavirus so everyone realises it's nothing to be frightened of, that would not help actually serious planning. When the public needed it most, the government failed and I'd like to say to all the families of those who uh, who died, unnecessarily, how sorry I am for the mistakes that were made and for my own mistakes at that.
0: And this was one of the biggest allegations.
2: The Secretary of State for Health should have been fired for at least... 15, 20 things, including lying to everybody in multiple occasions, in meeting after meeting in the in the Cabinet Room and public.
0: Well, the government's described Mr Cummings' appearance as a sideshow and suggested he has his own agenda and added that it's always prioritised saving lives. We're well, Joining me now is our political editor, Paul Francis. So, Paul, what have we learnt today about what was going on in Number 10 at the start of the pandemic then?
1: What emerged was a picture of a government in almost constant chaos as it sought to deal with developments and tried to get a handle on how it would best deal with the uh, growing problem. Dominic Cummings reserved some of his harshest criticism for the Health Secretary Matt Hancock, who he said uh, had acted inappropriately, not done the job to the best of his ability, and there were numerous occasions on which he felt that the Prime Minister should sack him. Now, uh, we haven't heard from Matt Hancock's uh, side of that argument, but uh, it's clear that uh, Dominic Cummings had very little time for the Health Secretary. Now, I think one of the main messages to come out of today's hearing is that the government didn't uh, act quickly enough, didn't appear to have a proper plan until some weeks down the line, and that progress on uh, developing a strategy was hampered because of clashes between the two or three main figures uh, involved. Uh, As to where we go from here, uh, I think the government will probably rely on the fact that there is going to be a public inquiry into the coronavirus and how it was dealt with by all authorities Uh, and may not uh, respond to Dominic Cummings' uh, accusations Leveled at uh, Downing Street today.
0: Elsewhere today, testing has been stepped up at the University of Kent after a case of the Indian variant of coronavirus was identified. There's also been a slight rise in cases at the Canterbury campus generally, so a mobile unit is now stationed there. Our colleagues at KMTV have been chatting to some students. I think it's quite shocking. I thought that everything was going really well, and then out of nowhere, it seems to be back. Um, me and my housemates luckily I finished my degree now so I don't have
3: to
2: be up in campus
3: but I, I wouldn't feel comfortable coming to campus anymore I, I feel relatively safe on campus I'm here I'm still getting tested and if I end up not being... Uh in a situation where I can come to campus then I'll ob- obviously stop. Uh, I'm not personally too
4: concerned. I think everyone's keeping themselves quite safe and apart from one another and I don't think it should be too much of an issue. I do feel safe just because there's so many precautions in place and things like that and I also feel like it's gone on for so long now, you do just sort of have to get out of your comfort zone and go out and do things because otherwise you're going to spend your whole life like indoors. Because
0: of that rising cases, a top meeting due to take place at the campus has had to be moved. Council leaders were due to use the venue tomorrow but have decided to go to a site in Maidstone instead. Opening hours at COVID testing centres across Kent meantime are being cut as more of us do it ourselves at home. Health bosses say fewer people are going to sites with home testing kits now available from pharmacies, workplaces and online. If you're aged 30 or over you're now eligible to get your COVID vaccine. Bookings opening for around a million more people across England today as the rollouts extended again. Here in Kent 70% of adults have already had at least their first jab. And a new Covid vaccination centre is opening in Canterbury next week. Health bosses say two and a half thousand people a week should be able to get a jab at the Sea Cadet building on Vauxhall Road. Kent Online News. The government's being urged to step in and save a university site in Medway from closing. Earlier this month, we told you the University for the Creative Arts planned to close their campus in Rochester. Financial pressures are understood to be behind the decision to move out by 2023. Alan Jarrett is the leader of Medway Council and Vince Maple is the leader of the Labour Group in the towns. They've both been speaking to our political editor, Paul Francis.
5: Well, certainly we've had discussions with him and encouraged him to find a solution. And of course, you may have seen the MPs have uh, 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 commented on it quite robustly and called it um, uh, called it short-sighted and there is an 18 we're told there's an 18 million pound uh, maintenance repair bill sitting around somewhere so which is which is one of the problems but um, this, this is a matter for um, uh, for government to deal with there's the funding of universities we will do what we can to either help them find a new home put them in touch with funders Help them with a the government uh, bid to government if necessary.
1: Would you, uh, would you be prepared to put any money into it?
5: No, no, we, we don't have we don't have money um, for the universities, and I don't think we should have either. I think it's a matter for central government to fund. We have to remember we have uh, a, a massive um, population here, two hundred eighty thousand thousand people, and never enough money to satisfy existing,
4: existing needs. Okay,
1: Vince, what's your view on this?
4: I mean, on on the UCA specifically, I mean, there are concerning um, situations. Look, I want that facility to stay, whether it's at the Rochester site or elsewhere in Medway. We need to keep that in the Medway towns, and we also need to keep them providing uh, FE courses as well as their degree courses and the other things that they offer. One of the things I'm concerned about is we've got such a diametrically opposed position. Medway Council saying, there had been no talks. The University of Creative for the Creative Arts saying there have been talks. One of those can't be true. So we've put in freedom of information requests to both organisations. We need to get to the bottom of this because all people want to understand what conversations have happened prior to this announcement, which I think took both myself and Alan Jarrett by surprise from what I've certainly seen. And we need to try and do everything we can to keep them here. We want a successful, uh Medway 2025 bid. I think Medway is a wonderful place, it's my hometown, you know, it's where I'm bringing up my son, who we enjoyed the historic duckyard today, so we've been back out there, he was able to give his grandpa a hug, which is a wonderful thing, and actually we're really lucky here in Medway, not just the historic duckyard and the castle, but so much more that will make our bid for 2025 very, very strong and a really tough one to beat, in my view. It's 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 Medway's to win, but we've all got to work as hard as we can to make that happen.
1: Well, there's support there, but obviously this issue of the uh, University of the Creative Arts is... Mm. is we've not had yeah.
5: dialogue with them on this matter. There's there's only um, record of, uh, since the Vice-Chancellor was appointed in 2017, there's a formal record of two discussions in almost four years with the Vice-Chancellor. And that's... Um, uh, Vince has said they put in a... Freedom Information request, and that I think that's what you'll see. We've had no formal discussions with him about it at all.
0: A Maidstone man who was caught by a group of paedophile hunters has avoided being sent to prison. Christopher Hersey thought he was meeting a 13-year-old girl at a sports centre after sending naked pictures. He was instead confronted by activists. The 67-year-old from Stratford Gardens has been given a suspended sentence after admitting child sex charges. He's also got to do rehab sessions. Marks & Spencer has confirmed it plans to close more stores following the damaging impact of lockdown. The retailer recorded a £201 million loss in the 12 months to the end of March. It's not known yet if the shops in Thanet, Medway, Canterbury, Maidstone or Tunbridge Wells will be affected. A learner driver from Tunbridge Wells has been jailed after losing control of his car and killing an elderly couple who were on their way home from celebrating their granddaughter's birthday. Christian Trendafilov had cannabis and alcohol in his system, when he hit Shirley and Alan Raygate's vehicle on the A228 in October 2018. A 29-year-old from St James's Road has been locked up for more than five years. Now, a follow-on from our top story on yesterday's podcast. And a Kent MP has called on Boris Johnson to back new legislation for tougher child cruelty sentences, inspired by Kings Hill boy Tony Hudgel, who was abused by his birth parents.
3: Will he join Tony and Tony's parents, Paula and Mark, and me, and many others around the country in campaigning for Tony's Law, New Clause 56 to the Policing, Crime and Sentencing Bill.
0: Tunbridge and Morning's Tom Tuggenhart has told the Prime Minister it would be a minor change that would bring child abuse sentencing in line with adult abuse. This was the response during PMQs at lunchtime.
2: People who uh, commit serious offences against children can receive exactly the same penalties uh, as those who commit serious offences against adults, but we will keep this under review. Uh, Mr Speaker. And if there is a gap in the law, and I will study his amendment very closely. If there is a gap in the law, we will make sure that we remedy it.
3: Kent Online reports.
0: The new owners of a brewery in Ashford have told the Kent Online podcast about their plans to expand further across the county. The £1.7 million Curious Brewery has already seen a boom in trade since reopening its on-site bar and restaurant. And while bosses say it's early days, they're looking at increasing capacity with the industry expecting a further boost in sales post-lockdown. Simon George is the Managing Director.
3: I think the one thing the pandemic's taught all of us, whether you're in the industry or or you're looking or you're involved in the industry as a consumer, it's taught us that how much the Brits love the British pub and restaurant and, and, and by extension, the British brewing industry. So I think there is going to be a really strong... Uh, resurgence, especially perhaps this year, because, uh, you know, as you've seen in the news in the last few days, there's still some uncertainty about whether people are going to holiday abroad or where they're going to holiday. So there should be, I suspect, considerable more amounts of our, our leisure money being spent in the UK. So I do think there'll be a, a strong um, resurgence for the UK pub industry. People have demonstrated how much they love the industry. That said, the industry's had a really tough time. And uh, you know, there are, without the support of the UK's um, UK government's coronavirus job retention scheme, a bit of a mouthful, um, you know the, the industry simply uh, many parts of the industry simply would have would have disappeared. So government support's been great to uh, to 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 get us this far. But, but that said, there's still a number of forces acting on the industry, very challenging forces acting on the industry. So, um, I think consumers are coming back. We've had a very strong start to our restaurant reopening on Monday. Uh, we had a particularly strong Monday. Um, and uh, we are seeing sales, you know, uptick significantly now as, as, as the industry reopens. So huge opportunity. But that said, uh, you know, and I'm speaking out at an industry wide level. There are some still some very challenging forces on the industry. You know, um, a number of the Costs of doing business in the last year have been kicked down the road around things like rent, uh, mm. deferred VAT payments and so forth. So there are still some, some quite tough tough times on the horizon, I think, for the industry.
4: And are there any plans in the future to actually extend the brewery or extend the restaurant or sort of mess with the internals?
3: The brewery was designed for um, quite logical expansion. So at the point at which we need to expand capacity, we, we absolutely can so uh so that definitely affords us that opportunity that's definitely in our in our sort of commercial plan to to grow the business and expand uh, production but there's also um you know is there an opportunity down the road for uh for one of the very big successes of our business is the tap room people like coming to the tap room and and sort of meeting the brew team is there is there an opportunity to to spread that footprint possibly you know again these are very early days so we are sort of Uh, you know we are sort of uh, finding our our way a little
0: bit and a new sports bar is opening in the building that used to be home to gallery in maidstone the nightclub was shut down you might remember following a fatal stabbing just outside in 2019 where now you're going to be able to play table tennis pool and beer pong at ball in maidstone which is launching this weekend A letter written by a Kent headteacher thanking Hitler for his warm-hearted hospitality during a trip to Germany in 1937 is going up for auction. 16 girls from Simon Langton in Canterbury had been on an exchange visit and the letters have been in a private collection for 40 years. They're going under the hammer in Ashford and have been valued at about 600 pounds. Meantime, plans are underway to recreate what life would have been like for people living in Ramsgate during the Second World War. It'll see a typical 19 Forties Street recreated in the Victorian railway tunnel where families fled bombing during the conflict. It's hoped the attraction will increase the number of people able to visit. Three Kent towns have been named among the most affordable seaside spots for a UK getaway this summer. The website Voucher Codes has looked at the cost of fish and chips, a bucket and spade, ice cream and beer. Whitstable, Margate and Broadstairs were the cheapest on the list. And at Kent Online today, you can see some of the pubs in Kent that have been turned into houses over the past year. Among them is the Prince Albert in Ashford, which have been derelict since 2008. The Mill in Canterbury, which shut following the discovery of a cannabis factory and Arson hit the plough in at Herm Bay.
3: Kent Online Sports.
0: Kent gymnast Courtney Tullock says he's devastated and heartbroken not to be going to this summer's Olympics. The 25-year-old won two medals at the 2018 Commonwealth Games and trains in Maidstone. He says he's hoping to bounce back from the disappointment of missing out on the chance to go to Tokyo. Better news for two of Kent's cricketers, though. Sam Billings and Zach Crawley have been named in the England test squad for their series against New Zealand. Meantime, Ben Folks has been ruled out after tearing his left hamstring, the first of two tests starts at lords next wednesday well that's all for today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram plus you can subscribe to the im news app and that will give you access to all km group newspapers just head to subsaver.co.uk
1: news you can trust this is the kent online
0: podcast